Welcome to the Peace Bridge Talk Show. Your host is Amrita Kailas, and she is going to introduce you to powerful tools from ancient wisdom and also connect with experts to show you how to implement them to lead a peaceful life. Now, here is Amrita. Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Peace Bridge Talk Show on Voice America. I hope you all are doing well and staying safe in whichever part of the world you are. Super delighted and excited to be connecting with you all today. I have a very special news to share with all of you. As most of you know, my first book, Wisdom of the Unshakable, is now published and available on Amazon. I'm deeply grateful to share that Wisdom of the Unshakable has been featured on Publishers Weekly, Book Sirens and rewarded multiple times with 5-star review from Reader's Favorite. Thank you so much to each one of you who have been sharing amazing reviews and feedback on Wisdom of the Unshakable. For those of you who have not yet got a chance to read, here's a short overview of what you will find in this book. In Wisdom of the Unshakable, you will find plenty of meditations, simple and powerful mindfulness strategies, stories and insights from ancient wisdom, that means Holy Bhagavad Gita, to overcome the daily challenges in life and live a life of peace and resilience. So don't miss it out. Check it out today on Amazon. Have you ever got stuck with fear in your life? Today, we have an awesome guest who is an amazing therapist and a wonderful teacher. Join us to discuss on the topic of rising from fear. Let's all welcome Catherine Strang. Welcome to the episode on rising from fear. Catherine Strang, amazing to have you here. Hello, and thank you very much for having me on this show. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's my absolute pleasure to have you, Catherine. Could you share a little more about your journey into becoming a therapist and a teacher serving the world? Ah, um, well, I started, I think uh, it was about 1990 when I was working in a Rudolf Steiner vegetarian restaurant and it opened up a whole new, I just grew up in very fairly ordinary circumstances in Edinburgh in Scotland and I was working in this quite alternative vegetarian restaurant and it opened up a whole new world and I started finding out about all sorts of different things and this led to me doing a massage course and from there then I was did healing courses and then I did um emotional release through energy work. So through the 90s, it was very much healing, energy and body work. And then after the year 2000, I started training more in um, energy psychology like EFT and Emotrance and 
what what you can call somatic based body work, which is releasing emotions through the body. But the main thing is, I never, I never had any sense really of what I wanted to do other than writing. But I was too shy to tell anyone that. And it was when I came into this alternative world, it was like I met my, I suppose you could say, fellow tribe of quite weird people. <laughs> so I never really fit in. So yeah. It, it's been a passion for most of my life. I'm almost 60 now and I still get excited about new techniques and methods and stuff. So, yes. <laughs> very, yeah. very inspiring to hear the yeah. great journeys that you took, uh, which is mm-hmm. involving energy, you said, right? And yeah. then getting into the place of somatic-based healing and other techniques that you learned through this wonderful process which brought you here to the person who you are right now speaking to us. So what would you say was the biggest transformation in your life to pick one of these alternate therapies and bring it into your life? Oh, I've been through a few. The biggest transformational things in my life have been spiritual experiences on spiritual experiences on workshops. But in a therapeutic sense, I would say it was um, the year 2000 and I'd split up from my ex-husband. Now, even though I'd done all this stuff for 10 years, I would regard myself as I was very, very shy, extremely unconfident and probably an awful lot of what I'd ca- what you can call walls around the heart. There was a lot of stuff to be dealt with. And I wouldn't say I didn't have a traumatic childhood or anything like that, but it was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was just made me very closed in person. And the biggest breakthrough, I was cycling home from somewhere late one night, and thankfully it was quiet and dark, <laughs> because, and I'd been reading this book on something called Emotional Clearing by a Western psychologist who'd studied Eastern mysticism, and he merged the two. And it was months since I'd split up from my husband and I kept pushing all my feelings down. And every time sadness or anger or fears would come up, I'd go, no, it wasn't even deliberate anymore. I would just shove it down. And so this came, the feelings came up again and I thought, oh, do what this guy in the book tells you to do, which is just to say to yourself, what are you feeling right now? So I said to myself, what are you feeling right now? Now it's sadness and all these tears. So for several minutes, I was crying. <laughs> I mean, about thank God it was dark. <laughs> and um, so I started crying. And after a few minutes of crying, I had this just as um, like a breakthrough or an insight into why I kept shoving it down. And I suddenly realized that every time the feelings came up, some subconscious thing would say, oh, don't let yourself release this stuff. If you release the feelings, you'll want to go back to him. And I started laughing. So I thought, I don't want to go back to him. <laughs> so I want I want to stay separate. And um, so, of course, obviously, it takes a long time to get over a marriage breakup because we've been married for 10 years. But um, so th- this was a breakthrough in that it made me look a lot, take a lot more seriously emotions and just feeling what you're feeling, accepting what you're feeling. And it's a very powerful, it's a method that I would say, even though I've trained in many different 
method since then, the core essence of what this guy, I think it's John Ruskin, I could be wrong, but it's called Emotional Clearing. The core essence of what he wrote in that book still underpins everything I do. And it's basically, what are you feeling right now? You name it. And by feeling, it could be an emotion, a sensation in the body, a feeling, a state, anything. You're not, in, and if you can't name it, you just go, <laughs> and then you say, whatever's here right now is perfectly okay. And you're accepting what you're feeling and you're accepting yourself for feeling it because we, especially in the West, we kind of go, oh, don't be emotional. Don't, don't, you yeah, know, don't, yeah, don't be an hysterical woman or whatever. Very so, much. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah, we stuff it down a lot. And I used that a lot. Yes. <laughs> and it Thank led to a lot of yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, which yeah. is uh, from that very sensitive place, which is like uh, having gone through um, yeah. very um, desperate situation in your life, which is uh, very hard for many women and men to go through. <laughs> it's not an easy yeah. process, and I do understand that place that you're talking about, um, which is the place which takes you into further darkness into your life, right? Turning into mm. various mental health issues. And yeah. I'm glad to hear that you rose above it by yeah. um, asking that question, which you found in that book, you said, uh, yes. which was the yeah. moment when you asked yourself, what am I feeling right now? Which broke into tears, but it guided yeah. you by showing you the path forward. And we are glad to hear <laughs> these gems of wisdom from you today, uh, which actually came out of undergoing severe pain in your life, right? Yes, I think if I hadn't done that, I could easily have gone into depression and, you know, quite severe depression because I'm more of a, I mean, I have gone through periods where I've had anxiety, but by that, by the time I, I've gone through that, I've had so many tools at my disposal. I've been able to dissolve it within a a, a week or two. But depression, because I always think people are prone to anxiety or depression. I'm, I would definitely go the depression route. And I think, yeah, I could have slid into that if I kept suppressing everything. Because I was yeah. beginning to feel absolutely flat, just flat. Yeah, and I love the part that you said, like, People, um, unfortunately, uh, many of them around us uh, think that it's bad to be emotional because uh, being emotional means you're not using your head. But without the combination of the head and heart in alignment, it's yeah. it's not easy to face the challenges that you go through day by day, right? And uh, you, need feelings. Yeah, you, you need, need feelings. Yeah, you need feelings. In like. That example I gave, I would never have worked out that insight I had from my head. It just your head doesn't have the intelligent intelligence to just <laughs> yeah something yeah. deeper within you yeah. just yeah. knew that yeah 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 and and that's what a lot of people struggle um, if I may say, which is like we are intellectually very very advanced um, mm. when it comes to. Um, creating whatever development that we see all around us, but have we advanced as much in terms of our heart development? <laughs> no, I, 
Um, yeah, that's a, a good point to make because I'm very much, my, my two passions now are working with that felt sense of emotion in the body and the heart. And I think the the West in particular, with its emphasis on intellect and the very masculine way of doing things, had all but severed that connection. And I did this remarkable workshop in the 90s where I was given a glimpse of, I would say, a mystical experience of the heart of all creation. But of course, it took decades to get back to that. Um, and the, the guy that run the workshop, he wrote a book called Living in the Heart, about being in the sacred space of the heart. And it was the, but when this guy is called Drunvalo Melchizedek, and when he discovered this ancient sacred space in the heart, he said it was written about in very, very few places. And he was, he was very much in touch with um, native peoples of the world, particularly Native Americans. He is American. And they were coming to him and saying, we didn't think Western man was even capable of understanding this. They'd given up. And what I've noticed, because he wrote this book in 2003, and I've noticed that since 2011, 2012, the amount of people that are writing about the heart, doing yeah. meditation courses on the heart, it, it's, it's just, it's, yes, it's expanded and it's amazing. Yes, it is. And 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 we are fortunate to have these uh, amazing people who are dedicating their learning and experience into the book and sharing it with the world, right? Because these gems of wisdom is what the world needs to understand how important heart is in your personal development or professional development as well, mm -hmm. right? We could definitely create a world which is much more peaceful yeah. if we have, if each one of us have that heart that has developed, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I think anyone that's doing any kind of inner work on themselves, fostering peace, you're doing this for your yes. podcast, Peace Bridge, anyone that's doing the heart work, focusing on peace, you add that to the world. I th I personally think the world would be even worse than it is now, if it's possible to imagine, but much, yeah. much worse if it wasn't for the sheer amount of people doing this work and the people, those amazing people that organise global meditations. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think more and more people are realising that um, what was it called? The Maharishi effect. I think the seventies, <laughs> the transcendental yeah, meditation yeah. people were doing these massive, massive group meditations, and yeah. crime would fall, violent mm -hmm. crime, terrorism would drop. It was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's amazing that you brought those, which is which is yeah. like on one end there are crimes rising, on the other end there are a massive amount of people who are dedicating their time and energy, just like you and me. A um, lot yeah. of people there in the same space. And we have to acknowledge uh, whatever they're doing because it's not a small amount of work, which involves going into that inner wisdom and sharing it to the world. It's not They're not keeping it with themselves, which is the best part about it. They're just giving it for anyone who's yeah. suffering 
out in the world, right? Yeah. I, um, and um, uh, I would love to continue to ask you more questions around this, uh, Catherine, to help the listeners also um, understand how they can cultivate the hard development that we're talking about. And I heard you mention about those places which caused you pain is the place which you try to work on uh, to get to this place where now you're talking about expanding the heart, right? So would you mind sharing with us what were those feelings that actually were the most hardest for you to get out of? I think the hardest thing for me has been getting past the the low confidence, low self-worth. And it's like a, it's basically like a wall of fear. And the hardest thing in that even is sometimes it's very subtle and you don't realise it's fear. I remember I was going home again, sitting on the bus, <laughs> and I just felt a mass of, um, it was like anxiety and different feelings and my heart was racing. And I had a class coming up that I was going to teach and it was something, I think it was, this is quite a few years ago and I think it was a class, it was more along spiritual lines and I had all that, you're a fake, you're a fraud, who are you to teach this? And I think all of that must have been in the background and it was just like, yeah, churning and even though I'd taught quite a lot of things before then and so I just, I thought, okay, just go into it. So I just, so I did the thing of, what am I feeling right now? And I took a deep breath into it. And this time, because I'd been doing heart math meditation, which I can talk about a bit, I sort of instinctively just took my attention into my heart. And I was breathing through all of these feelings. And within a minute, well, the, within a few seconds, fear out of all this mass of stuff that I couldn't have named from the head. It was just this one word, fear. And I went, okay, that's simple enough. <laughs> It's just, it's fear. So I breathed through the fear and I could feel the fear just moving through my body. And as I was feeling the fear, because I was like saying, what am I feeling? Fear, that's perfectly okay. I just kept saying, this is perfectly okay. You're okay for feeling this. And in the core of the fear, I was aware of peace. There was just peacefulness. And I again, that thing of an insight comes when you're right in the feeling and allowing it to be there because your feelings want to be felt and so there was peace at the core of this fear and I just realized oh it's because I'm coming right into the present moment and when you go into the heart you're in the present moment and I just breathe through it so every time I thought about the class after that nerves would rise up I did the nerves didn't go away but it wasn't this full-blown <laughs> like body slam of anxiety and fear. It was like, okay, I'm nervous and that's okay. <laughs> just keep breathing through it and just do the class, get through it. And yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't mean you're going to completely go away until you get very used to doing something and the, the, the fear goes down and down and down until you enjoy it. But yeah, you it the overwhelm goes away and you can be aware of the other stuff that's going on and be okay with it. Um, but that act of coming into your heart, and I was talking about the sacred space of the heart earlier, which is quite difficult to describe and lead people into, but heart math, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are 
Have you heard of heart math? First of all, I would like to thank you for sharing this beautiful technique that worked out awesomely well for you for uh, overcoming that fear and anxiety that you were going through when you were about to present something in this class, right? Um, um, (laughs) I, I would like to say that Yes, I have been using this technique, although I have not been calling it uh, by this name. I've also put down this technique in my book and I call it the SIFT approach, which is including these five steps, which is like becoming aware. I just bought your book. I'm I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I, I completely agree. This is a very simple and powerful exercise, which is starting from the point of becoming aware of your emotion and then going into that heart, center of the heart and bringing in your breath and allowing that fear to be present there while you are actually acknowledging, yes, I do have that fear. And then you're transforming it. That's what you're doing, right? So you're shifting (laughs) that energy. And I'm so glad that you brought this here, Catherine, because this is such a powerful and um, it um, I would say it has been helping me for a very long time in my life and that's like the first exercise that I do every morning before wow. I start my day yeah yeah so I I completely agree and I love this exercise that you shared yeah 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 so it's beautiful that you are saying that this is something that we all can do, even if you are not able to go into that sacred space of heart, this heart math technique that you just shared is less than, I would say, it doesn't take even five minutes of your day to do. Yeah, yeah. a few minutes. Yeah. Few minutes. yeah. yeah. And the, the benefits are enormous. I mean, you just need increasing resilience and mm. resilience physically because it boosts your immune system. You get over illnesses. It heightens your baseline for health because it strengthens everything but i think it creates resilience in the mind yes because the heart math institute over 30 years ago were researching their team of doctors and scientists researching heart health and heart problems yeah and they could detect the feel we have a huge electromagnetic feel around the heart yeah and they realized that when people focused on this with positive emotions yeah their heart rate variability improved and their heart Mm -hmm. health improved. But as a side effect, they noticed that people who were coming in with anxiety and depression and stress, that was improving. (laughs) So they developed a whole protocol for more than just heart health and a whole pile of different um, techniques. And it's such a simple technique. It it? is. And as you said, it comes with a lot of benefits which is making uh your it's not just enabling your heart it's also improving your well-being right your physical and mental health improves you are able to live a much more happy life while being resilient right it's like you have better control of your life right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i yeah and i agree completely it's very much required in this kind of an era where everybody is busy and stressful, right? We always talk about stress, anxiety, depression. This has become like part of our lives now, which is like there are very few people who don't say that. I know you talk you talk to people who seem okay, but you get a little bit below the surface and they're suffering from anxiety or you feel unwell. It's 
yeah 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 and 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 there's a lot of influence of what could be causing it because we are living in a uh, very technologically advanced era also so if we are not careful enough we it's very easy to slip into these places yes i know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, but I also noticed that compared to what it was like when I first started in the 90s, yeah. a lot more people are interested in the alternative yes. ways of doing yes. themselves. So, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are both pros and cons to it. Like it's yeah. given that exposure for people to understand, like you said, like the heart math organization has been researching yeah. this and has been trying to share this across the world. And uh, people like you are also spreading um, the importance of it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's awesome, Catherine. So I would like to go uh, further into that place of fear that you said and how we could utilize this technique you said. So um mm-hmm. What are the ways from your experience you have noticed the emotion of fear um, kind of invading into different areas of your life? Um, well, apart from, the, as I see, the biggest one is uh, was with people. I either... Um, confronting somebody, and I don't mean being aggressive, just... Um, not putting up with stuff, you know, speaking up for yourself. Um, fear of putting myself out into the world, all those kind of things involving people and putting things out there. And I would say more to that fear, if you're looking at something like anxiety, it's a full-blown body fear response. So apart from, I think there's two... two um, parts to fear there's the obvious one of say i i have to speak up for myself you know what you're feeling is fear that's really obvious but then there's starting something in your life without really thinking about it and after a week or two realizing that and I've, i've been through this a few times why why does my chest hurt why why do i get out of breath when i walk up one flight of stairs i'm fit and then i think oh i'm anxious why is my tooth sore and you go to the dentist and they go there's nothing wrong with your tooth you're grinding your jaw (laughs) and he's just like the whole lot is like okay anxiety and it's just crept up on you and it comes from i think a more insidious fear response because you know, the flight or flight response is your body reacting to fear, which has a very, very um, good evolution. You know, if something's threatening you, you need to move. <laughs> so your body puts you into this fear response, which gears you up for action. It's not so good when that just sets in and becomes something like anxiety. And of course, when somebody, because obviously I've had a few clients with anxiety and they'll have had it for quite a while, the anxiety grows and grows into more and more fears. They might have had anxiety because, um, say, a work situation was overwhelming. You are listening to Amrita Kailas on the Peace Bridge talk show on Voice America. We are going for a short break. Stay tuned and we'll be back in two minutes.
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. A peaceful life is something most people only ever dream of, but can never achieve. Using tools from ancient wisdom can help you achieve that peace. Listen to The Peace Bridge Talk Show to learn what those tools are and how to implement them. The Peace Bridge Talk Show, hosted by Amrita Kailas. On-demand episodes available on Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to the Peace Bridge Talk Show with Amrita Kailas. We hope we are helping you find your peace. Now back to the show with Amrita. Welcome back everyone to the Peace Bridge Talk Show on Voice America. Let's resume our show. And then it extends out to social situations or leaving their 18-year-old son at home on their own and they think they've got to go back and make sure they're okay. But it's a young adult, you know, and it just spread. I'm just giving small little examples here, but it spreads out and out and out until fear is just overwhelming. Yep. 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 And the only way back from that, if you don't want to get stuck on medication for the rest of your life is to just again going back to that take each sensation as it comes Mm. and i think with most anxiety um reactions it's usually what am i feeling right now okay fear (laughs) yeah 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 that that ability what you're saying is like being able to recognize as it comes and uh being able to detach yourself from that and take uh effort to um shift as you said earlier right is what mm-hmm. you're saying and these may project as you said like in places where you have to speak up things you are doing for the first time or uh mm-hmm. being in a very uncertain situation like uh leaving your son all by himself and uh mm-hmm. um all of that, uh, and um, I, I do understand those places that you're saying because uh, it sounds difficult uh, sometimes, but because it comes up as you said, like an overwhelming anxiety mm-hmm. reaction, which shows up in your legs or shows up in your jaws, or yeah, to yeah. Me anxiety is very physiological. Yeah, exactly. Own body. Yeah. Full body. Yeah, and 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 that time running to a doctor and then uh, treating your leg or 
uh, your teeth may not solve the entire problem is what you're saying yeah the underlying beast yeah. inside yeah. Or my my chest oh i'm having a heart attack no you're anxious <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and 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 that is where you said that importance of bringing yourself to the present moment i believe mm. is so powerful because mm. once you are in the present moment things become much more clear to you right you got Absolutely. start to see this feeling as a feeling rather yeah. than a kind of like holding on to it and then reacting based on it right it's it definitely it's the it's recognizing and acknowledging yeah. it that's it. once you okay this is what's going on i'm anxious yeah. acknowledge yeah. it accept it and it, it begins to calm down it's like bringing um rationality into yeah. it yeah. um not like full blown intellectual rationality but it's okay this is stepping yeah. back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the way i see it is like a uh, bringing light into a dark room yes. right yeah yes. mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then there's no more darkness there yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's wonderful that you shared about those specific areas when it comes to interacting with different kinds of people and uh, how this fear might project and show up even in your physical body which we may sometimes get distracted and think that this is completely mm-hmm. different right yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that happens with a lot of people they have all these physical symptoms and yeah. think that i'm ill there's something wrong with me and i've known people that go do you think i'm dying catherine i'm good no i think you're anxious <laughs> yes um yeah it's it is it's being able to one is to just begin to breathe more deeply and i think if people could um learn a bit more or understand the whole stress response yeah and how you know when we're with that fear reaction is is activated your whole your um sympathetic nervous system goes into hyperdrive and all sorts of stuff right happen in the body and if that continues obviously bits in the body break down but you can stop that instantly by folk you do diaphragmatic breathing heart math breathing yeah. and i think i don't think people realize that as soon as you do that as soon as and this is a fact i only found out about a year ago is when we take a full belly breath you know it pushes the diaphragm muscle out the the diaphragm muscle below lower rib cage the diaphragm muscle raises up and it pushes the heart up slightly and the heart goes oh we can relax now and the heart sends a signal to the brain okay tell the nervous system which tells the glandular system to stop pushing out all the stress hormones mm-hmm. and start the heal and repair rest and digest response and if you are feeling very frightened or very anxious obviously it will take minutes to hours to maybe a day for all those hormones that have been stirred up to actually dissipate and calm down but you've started that process and i think that's helpful for for people to know that even if it doesn't feel like much is happening something is happening yeah <laughs> when you do something to switch on the parasympathetic the relaxation response <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that is a very powerful insight that you shared catherine yeah. which is like start that action of um breathing which you just shared 
although you may not see the immediate effects of it just be patient to allow your body to actually assimilate whatever you're doing and then uh, respond to you right i loved that part that you said which is like we expect things to happen in seconds or minutes yeah. your body is not like that it needs time yeah yeah and i i absolutely loved that part which you said like a lot of people are saying that um hey catherine uh, looks like i'm dying you're not dying and i re- recently had someone similar approach me one of my clients uh, she was like hey i think i'll have parkinsons and i was like what makes you think that and as we went through the session we discovered it was just her anxiety that was making her feel am i going to get into this place of parkinsons yeah, yeah that fear okay. yeah that fear yeah. is big right so if you let it hang around there without going through any coaching session or a therapy session yeah. it stays inside you causing you more health issues over the time right mhm absolutely yeah, yeah. 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 and and yeah, a lot of issues and the clear distinction that you said well if you're dying then you would not be talking to me at this point right <laughs> yeah so that distinction that you said which is like it's important to understand that are you actually dying <laughs> or are you thinking that you're going to die right uh, so i i would like you to um share that part where you said like when you asked that question and that provoked a response in your client to think further and understand that this was anxiety would you like to share about that catherine um i i think it's just yeah somebody she was thinking it wasn't that she thought she was dying in that moment yeah. it was she thought that her body was packing in and she was dying okay and she did have one or two health issues but she was also very anxious mm. and i Yes and I I I from that yeah I just continue to do breathwork stuff breathing into the feelings yeah. so it's in that case um it was exploring yeah exploring even that fear right. okay think you're dying how does that what does yeah. that feel like yeah yeah I, I do a lot of that as well you take what somebody said and it's not just exploring it from a mental point right. of view it, where do you feel okay um you're what if i'm dying it's very direct it's it yeah. feels when you're just saying it point blank at someone just say that to yourself i'm dying like what yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's similar and another another thing has come into my my mind whereas i was dealing with somebody who'd um had split up with a very very unhealthy relationship physical violence on both sides and they'd split up 12 times and she was frightened that she was going to go back to him again and it, it we weren't getting anywhere very fast but at one point she said and I've even started stalking him and she almost whispered it she'd spent the last two weeks actually following she'd follow him home from the pub at midnight and then look over his garden wall and it was and she was so ashamed of it and i said to her okay you're a stalker and she went what and it was like 
she just told me she was stalking someone. So I just fed, I said, you're a stalker. And, and the shock and the shame, and we just worked with that. And it was like this floodgate. And I think that held the shame of this relationship. And it was that thing of acknowledging that what she was doing. So I, once I, she, I'm a stalker. And we went through layers and layers and layers of feeling. And we got to a point where she actually, she said, I'm a stalker. <laughs> It was funny. And she never went back to him. And she said, I remember I actually met her a year later and she said she bumped into him somewhere and felt nothing. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it's amazing what we people can hold. Yeah. To, a particular thing we can hold that just holds something together. Yeah. And you, you, yeah, it's that yeah. thing of owning yeah. it. Again, yeah. acknowledge and accepting all this. Mm. Yeah, and I, I love the part that you said, and that's the same technique that we use with coaching or therapy, yes. right, where you're exploring that feeling or emotion and with multiple layers that you said, which is like, it's not happening yeah. in one particular session. It happens in a, a bunch yeah. of sessions, I would say, yes. like after which, yeah, after which you get transformed from that place of anxiety or severe anxiety that you've been going through and you see the life in a completely different perspective, right? Your mindset changes and the same person you said, she encountered the same person, but this time she was able to deal with that person much more efficiently rather than going to that place of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that as well with us. Uh, Those two stories are awesome to hear. And um, I I do uh, know how these uh, emotions like uh, have been affecting a lot of my clients as well. The place of shame that you said, which is very difficult, especially for women to kind of get through, right? And uh, humiliation or uh, speaking up before difficult people who have been putting you down and uh, being yourself in those moments, which you wish (laughs) you could, right? Uh, All of these are very painful places, but doesn't mean that you have to live with it. You do have options like coaching or therapy, which allows you to dive into those feelings and then come out of it using powerful techniques like the ones that Catherine shared, which allows your brain itself to think differently. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Beautiful concepts that you're bringing in, um, Catherine, which is fear. I think it's about freeing, freeing something in you. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you are like a a cogged bottle, if I may say, which is like has a lot of things inside. You just have to take out that and uh, be uh, free, which is what each one of us desire to be uh, in, right? Like, And that you probably might have also experienced being in that space of peace, of freedom. You are able to utilize your energies and your capabilities much more easily rather than holding it back right yeah absolutely because i've had clients who have like young children and i believe these techniques can also be shared with young children or even Mm -hmm. seniors right so what would be your advice to parents who have really uh 
got uh, children who are going through similar kind of issues? I think with children, because they're so imaginative and they they are more in touch with their bodies, this is where something like, um, you know, I'm, I do something called emotrance as well, which is like a glorified form of focusing it, Eugene Gendlin's work on the somatic experiencing. But in with emo trance, which is a dreadful name, I remember my daughter saying, you put emos in a trance, you know, emos, goth, gothy types. But <laughs> because you ask when somebody, say a child is very, very angry and they can't articulate take it, articulate it, you'd say, um, okay, where's that anger in your body? Or what colour is the anger? What shape? What shape is the anger? What does that feel like in your body? You ask them all these sensory questions. Does that anger have a smell? Does it have a voice? Does it have a sound? And you would get the child to go right inside and focus on it. Um, or because children are often very uh, creative with making things, you could say, you could, could you paint or draw that mm -hmm. anger and, and then go, okay, oh, that must feel uncomfortable in your body. Where do you feel it? Yep. So yep. it's being very creative. You don't ask children questions from the mind. Yep. You go right into their body and their creativity. Yeah, you, you helping yeah. them use their creativity yeah. to yeah. Uh, navigate and their senses, yeah, and their senses yeah. to get out yeah. of this place of difficulty that they may have, right? Thank you so much for sharing that. So uh, I would like to also touch upon... Uh, specific areas that you mentioned, which is like um, people having difficulty not being able to speak up uh, or being themselves in uh, really challenging environments, whether it's in your workplace where um, it's a difficult set of people that you're being with, right? What would be your advice for them? If, if somebody in a workplace that needs to be, I'm assuming you mean somebody needs to be more assertive. One, one, I'd first tell yourself, okay, you're not going to die. <laughs> They're not going to kill you if you just speak up. Um, it happens in the moment and you think, I need to say something. And if I don't say something right now, I'm just, I, I'm going to be ashamed of myself or I'm not forgive give yourself. Again, it's that thing of, I'm, I need to say something. Okay, this this is frightening. It's making me feel frightened. You take a deep breath into the fear and just let something come out of your mouth. Even if you, what comes out of your mouth is idiotic or something, at least you've said something. Yeah. And what I found from my experience of being in maybe workplace environments where somebody's being a bit of a bully, once I just said something or spoke up for myself, it got easier. And that person was, they might argue or they might shout or they might get really angry at you, but they're like that anyway. And then it just blows over. It, it blew over. I'm thinking of a particular person who had just got more assertive with her because she was quite intimidating. Mm. And I even I got wore her down. I, I was also very nice to her. But I just, I spoke up more and more and it's almost like she respected you. Because that's another part of the stress response. You know, everybody knows about fight or flight and freeze. And then there's a fourth response called the fawn response and it's people pleasing. And somebody, when you see somebody that 
does that people pleasing thing. It could be blanket across the board or they're trying to please a certain person. The person they're constantly tries to please has utter contempt for them. And that, that's what's sad about that pattern. You have to realize that, um, being quiet and timid gets you zero respect from the person that's, yeah. You actually might get respect if you just speak up. As I say, even if at first you come out with something completely idiotic or <laughs> so you yeah. just, yeah. You, okay, I survived that. And yeah. then the next time, and it, it does, it gets, it's that doing it that first time. It's like standing up for yourself that first time and being determined to do it again. I'm going to breathe through this fear, come out with it. And then you think, and then what I found is that a year down the line, you find yourself saying something and there's another part of your head going, Oh, I wouldn't have said that a year ago. That was okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. It's a uh, process. And I think it's what you said earlier about people look for the quick fix. There is no quick fix for this. If you've been, if you've gotten to the age of, say, 50 and you've been very passive, you're not going to turn into. <laughs> no, no. No. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you touched those places, um, Catherine, because that those are the exact places that many of my clients also struggle with, which is people pleasing. And as you said, like uh, being and it a, is a stress response. If you yes, yes, yeah, stress response. Yeah, yeah, and and I love that part, which is like when you are able to stand up for yourself and act the first time, you're yes. going to be able to do it again and again and be yeah. more assertive. And as you said, uh-huh. like as you continue this pattern, you're going to be a completely different individual after a year or maybe after yes. 10 years, right? Because yeah. you're strengthening that um, muscle, which I may say that uh, is something that um, is required for you rather than being quiet or timid. That's not what is expected in that situation because that's not going to help confront the other person as well as you said because they they don't understand the language of being quiet or yeah. they understand a different <laughs> yeah. language so you need yeah. to speak a different language to them <laughs> because, very much so. yeah otherwise you become yeah. like a prey under the hands of, of um, someone else right you don't want to be a prey there you want to be Someone who's a leader <laughs> out there speaking for yeah. yourself, right? I loved it. It's it's something I think which a lot of people need at this point where um, unfortunately um, we have been thinking that people pleasing might get that, um, what do you call, uh, uh, get not the sympathy, I would say like get some kind of... Uh, care or respect from the yeah. other person there's an expectation yeah but unfortunately that does not give you the love or care through people pleasing yeah and i've definitely <laughs> mentioned about this topic in my book uh, as well catherine um, it is it's it's wonderful to see how you can transform from those places whether it's in your workplace or even with your partner right you could also do the same thing with your partner definitely the exceptions to that are in genuinely abusive relationships where someone yeah they they, it's not safe to confront somebody but the vast majority of 
people-pleasing is in environments where you can confront somebody and yeah 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 and and i'm glad that you're bringing that connection between fear yeah. uh, self-esteem yeah. and people-pleasing uh, it's not that you can become confident one fine day it requires you to fix all these areas before you are able to be that confident person who can actually move through life effortlessly go ahead uh, yes i i think that's important for somebody to realize because they might feel hopeless or despairing that yeah. the, oh i'll never be able to do this but you can it just takes that those that tiny step thing tiny just step. make one little step yeah yeah, yeah. build on it yeah, yeah. And I want to mention that you don't have to hide from those people because that's another kind of escapism that many of us get into, which is like maybe changing the job or maybe changing my environment, maybe uh, going to a different country would solve my problems, right? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's better to stick there and uh, develop yeah. from within. To be able and friend, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved uh, each part of these areas that you've been uh, touching on, um, Catherine. So, before we wrap up our episode for today, I would love to ask you: What are three simple tips or strategies that you would like to share with our listeners who are in a place of fear? Or anxiety? I'd say the first one is awareness. Obviously, what are my triggers? I mean, and that might be for many people, it might be very ob obvious, but sometimes it might be obvious, but at the same time, there's a disconnect between acknowledging it. So awareness, what makes me frightened or anxious? And two is to even if you're in a situation where you're feeling fearful or anxious, if you can step back a little bit from the situation and let's go back to that question, what am I feeling right now? You don't even have to ask that. You just take yourself inwards and notice what's going on in your body. Instead of, because I think what a lot of people do, they, they're in, they go into the head and it's like, oh, absolute panic, panic thoughts. So if you can, however you do it, if you're completely overwhelmed and you can't do anything, you just have to have a phrase for use where you say, I'm overwhelmed right now. There's, that's it. And acknowledge it. But if you can notice your body, even down to something like, my gut is churning. Okay, my guts are churning. Or my heart's racing. Okay, my heart's racing. My fingers have gone numb. It's acknowledging that. And you'll find that when you acknowledge just even one thing, it's it brings it brings the fear down a little bit. So it's that step back within your head. Notice what's going on in your body, because we tend to shoot out of our body. If you can Bring yourself as far down your body as possible. Notice what's going on in your body. Go, okay, that's what's happening. Focus on one thing. Breathe into it. And that's for when you feel like overwhelmed with fear or, you know, everything's churning. Yep. Yeah. And 
you can t- obviously take that further and go into it deeper when you've got a quiet space, but it's acknowledge, accept, and breathe through it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very simple and uh, yeah. powerful uh, technique that you shared, which is uh, yeah. uh, acknowledge, accept, and breathe. Yeah. Just have to remember that. <laughs> That's beautiful and very powerful, Catherine. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all the wonderful insights and wisdom with all of us here. I would love to have <laughs> you again in one more episode. I wish you all the best to you. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much for having me on this. It's been lovely talking to you. And you ask wonderful questions. (laughs) You make it easy to talk about this. Thank you. I'm very glad to hear that. You made my day. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me today. I deeply value your time and support. I look forward to sharing yet another powerful episode with all of you to help you discover peace in your life. Join me next Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific time for yet another insightful episode. Until then, take care, stay safe and remain peaceful. Sending you all lots of love and light. Amrita. Thanks for tuning in to the Peace Bridge Talk Show. Tune in again next week to continue your journey to leading a peaceful life. Until then, have a peaceful week.